Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Blog Talk Radio. Tonight, our favorite show is Runaways, our Marvel's Runaways, as presented by Marvel Studios, ABC Television, and Hulu, who knew for you. I am your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Radledge, and joining me tonight is a couple of comic book fans. They, uh, they have their own podcasts. The host of Source Material in His Own Right, Jesse Starcher. How do you do, sir? I am not too pleased at the moment. You want to know why? Oh, for fuck's sake. Here we go. I'm going to tell you why. I am going to tell you why, okay? I come down the stairs. I come down the (laughs) stairs, all right? And I'm like, all right, I want to look and see how... My son comes down here, watches his YouTube, does his dances, whatever he does. Crazy things that a seven-year-old son does. But one thing I don't appreciate is coming downstairs and finding at least 30 comics laying on the floor, spread open. One of them, mind you, the cover completely ripped off. Oh, okay? no. Thank you. That is correct. No, no, and no. Wait, uh, what? Yeah, yeah, dude, it was an old Captain Marvel uh, issue that I just got at an auction, laying here on I the have floor, questions. cover completely have... ripped off. Not, not intentional, I do not think it was intentional, but regardless, I think something happened to knock this stack of comic books onto the ground to which they completely exploded. Exploded! <laughs> they exploded? All right, they I have exploded. questions. Yes. Were these... And, and and I feel like you you just answered this, but I just want to be clear: were these your comics or the kids' comics? These are my comics, sir. So they weren't reading the comics either. They just wandered into your basement like a like a bunch of rhinoceri. Yes, uh, <laughs> not, not <laughs> that's the way I pictured it. <laughs> rhinoceri. 
uh, knocked your comics hither and thither and then proceeded to walk on them as if they were the welcome mat to your home. Ah, the welcome mat to my misery. Hither and thither, to and fro, sir. To and fro. Like it and wasn't my just comics a, were on the floor. It wasn't just a pass. It was, it, it, it was they did the dance of joy on them, it sounds it's like. It's like, okay, look, you knock something over, pick it up. It's not that hard. Don't leave them sitting on the floor. Let me ask you a question. Uh, when did this yes, happen? Uh, promptly before I became a podcast, uh, down here to podcast tonight. So right, right before I came down here, apparently, because I walked downstairs, so- grabbed, the, grabbed the headset, uh, and... Uh, just about did not make it to the podcast because I, I, I flipped my shit. Okay. Um, do they know they're in trouble? Not yet, sir. Go no, get them. Not yet. <laughs> Go get them. <laughs> so, you know, I, 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 they're going wait, to bed. That, that, that third voice it's you hear, hang on. No, listen to me. Listen to me now. Listen to Uncle Mock. That third voice you hear is Ronnie Adams. Oh, that's hate me by podcast. <laughs> Hi, Ronnie. <laughs> hello. Uh, hello. All right, back to you, Jesse. Go get your children. Go get uh, the offending parties go, I mean, right now. I, I, I can't let this stand. I would no. if it wasn't for the fact that they are going to bed as we speak, and I am not about to disturb that uh, – that, uh, that pattern right there. As soon as you pull them out of bed, it's you're, you're on your own. Okay. And I am in a podcast, I, and my wife will have my ass. So I respect you 110%, sir. I really do. But I've also done podcasts with you. Your kids are not going to bed. <laughs> and about, well, they'll be in bed <laughs> for at least true. the next 15 minutes. <laughs> they, they may be physically in their bed, so they're not sleeping. Oh, that's the truth. Oh, boy. Well, there, there you go. That's my mindset for right now, all right? So bear with me. I, I will do my best to focus and not, uh, I would not like be to encourage, I would like to encourage you to beat your children live on this podcast. I just... <laughs> Ratings! Ratings! <laughs> <laughs> I feel... Look, if it were my kid... Look, let me tell you something, okay? Let me tell you something, Jesse. If <laughs> I have my comics that, that I haven't read yet, uh, stacked on my desk. Mm-hmm. And, like, right next to my computer. And then the rest are on a, shel- on a bookshelf in my living room. But if, if it should happen that, the, that they got knocked on the floor and my kids proceeded to walk on them like a bunch of idiots, oh. I would beat them on said podcast. It's... You know, as a young kid growing up collecting comics, I was always concerned about the condition of them. Ronnie, I know you you've, you are probably still in that boat. If not, we're in that boat at one point where you, you just – it's got to be kept in plastic bags, got the backboard yeah, and everything them, yeah. like that. Okay. I mean, and, and, you know, the ones you really care about. But I'll tell you right now, yeah. having children, all bets are off. Okay, you need to make sure that you take care of those things. Don't leave them in a stack like I did, Ronnie Adams. Don't leave them out yeah. in the open. Do not do so, and keep them hidden away with with great care, so that 
man, I just just to, let's move on. What, what what are we talking about? I just want to teach mine to read. Okay, that's that's admirable. <laughs> is <it> admirable really? <laughs> All right, for for Jesse's sake, so that he doesn't stroke out on the podcast. We're talking Runaways tonight. The based on the comic book that we actually covered on the Source Material podcast a few months back, right before the debut of Runaways on Hulu, we covered the Runaways uh, first, I think, like 19 or 20 issues by Brian K. Vaughn, if I remember correctly. And we did that as sort of a primer for the series. Now the series has dropped all of their episodes, it's been renewed for season two. It's actually got a longer run next time around. It'll be 13 episodes as opposed to uh, 10. I believe it was 10 episodes, correct? Yes, it was 10. Yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. we're going to go ahead and break that down tonight. Now, there's two ways TV party works. You can either go episode by episode, or, you can, or we can do what we've done on some shows, which is just sort of take it as a whole talk about different things that we like, dislike things that work, didn't work, performances, uh, et cetera. And I, I opt to do the latter. I don't necessarily want to do an episode-by-episode episode breakdown, and here's why. And it's actually my first question to you guys. This is going to sound like a knock on the series, but it's not, because I actually don't think this was a bad thing. But the, a lot of the episodes, for me at least, especially the early episodes, ran together. Like I don't, okay. I, I don't feel like there was a tremendous amount of detail separating one episode from the next. Now there are certain things that happen later on in the series that mark them differently, but I just I just feel like I'm not doing the series a tremendous service by breaking it down piecemeal episode by episode. I'd rather talk about the larger themes and uh, a lot of the issues. Uh, as such, that the series addressed. Uh, what do you let me let me go to you first, Jesse? What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I completely understand and agree because there is really not. I wouldn't say there's too many big changes when it comes to scenery uh, throughout all these episodes. I mean, it's it's either at uh, at the mansion. Or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or, or at the school, uh, there, there just isn't, you know, there isn't whole, you say it, they ran together. I, I completely understand what you're talking about there because this feels like something, uh, that could be, it could have been a, 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 a very long movie. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm all right with that. There's, it's not like there's a whole lot of, did you see episode three and what happened in it? There are some cliffhangers. Don't, don't get me wrong. It's not all boring or anything, but um, the moments I think are what make this, this show uh, a fun one to talk about. So I, I'm, I'm down for just talking about moments and, and what, what we, uh, if you want to break down characters, however you want to do it, I'm following your lead. All right. Any thoughts or issues with that, Ronnie? No, no, I'm, I agree. <laughs> okay. So in the comic book, uh, the premise is that 
the, you have these teenagers uh, born to rich and affluent parents. These parents get together. Um, they are they are called the Pride, and as it turns out, and the kids would soon discover, their parents are part of like an evil cabal. Um, now, in the comic book, the, each of the parents are some some. Uh, some icon of the Marvel Universe. There's aliens, yeah. time travelers, mutants, etc., etc. Evil scientists. Yeah, evil scientists, uh, mages, so on and so forth. The series uh, took a little bit of a departure from that. Uh, yes, there is one magic user, but it isn't really explained how she became a magic user or what the, the staff really is or how, you know, or where she got it. You, and, and that's really the first thing I want to address is this series. I had, I wonder if they had sort of a handshake deal that they knew they were coming back for a second season. Because when, when I say this, this season left more questions than answers, and left a lot of things open. I think that's almost underselling it. Uh, I'm going to oh, kick yeah. it over to you guys in just yeah. a second. But I mean, they here here is just a, a couple of things that are introduced that are never really addressed. Um, you're never really it's it's never explained what the gibberum is, or why Carolina has the powers <laughs> that she does, or what the deal with her father is. <laughs> None of that got explained. Um, it's never really explained why the ultimate villain in this, who is uh, Carolina's father, um, as played by, oh gosh, what the hell is his name? Doctor Doom. Uh, Doctor Doom. Doctor yeah. Doom. <laughs> Julian McMahon, uh, who there plays Jonah. Jul- yeah, there you go. You know, everything is what, what we find out is everything is a giant ruse to cover up the fact that they are mining something uh, in the earth and you know it, it could cause a huge explosion that would wipe Los Angeles off the map except you never get an explanation as to why anyone would be doing this and what the ultimate purpose is yeah um, it's hinted at and alluded to that uh, he needed some of the people some of these parents these members of pride to get to his ultimate goal and others, he just needed their land or whatever. But again, it was never really explained outright what the purpose of putting this cabal together was. You know, he basically just needed a handful of scientists, but he got a lot more than that in, in the bargain. Um, Mm -hmm. In the comic book, they are promised by the Jaburm that if, uh, if, they do their bidding. They would be promised. Uh, uh, Ronnie, do you remember what it was? What the um, it, like they were eventually well, going to wipe out the, the earth. Yeah, the world was going to end, so they got to um, bring their children. Uh, it was them and their children, and that was it. Well, no, what, what they they yeah, got to one one member of the one member of each pair of the pride got to go to paradise essentially, and what they all decided was they would sacrifice their ride. And let their children go. Oh, that's right. Was, yeah. yeah. Let their children go. Uh, it was not right. them and their parents. But it ended up being they were going to backstab each other and take them and, and their kid. 
Yeah. In the in the none of, yeah. And none of that got addressed in the series. None of that. There was no talk of an afterlife. No talk of anything. Right. Um. So that's as good a place as any to begin the discussion. We'll go back and sort of talk about uh, characters, individual performances. But I want to get your take on this because I'll go out and say I really liked Runaways. I thought it was a well-done show, but it is a frustrating show because I felt like after (laughs) 10 episodes, I know just as little as I did going into episode one as I did coming out of episode 10. Ronnie, I'll go to you first. Uh, as far as whether I liked it or not, just just I mean I I threw a lot of stuff out there. They don't really address things. They, they, there's more questions than answers. Here's the ball. Do something with it. Okay. Well, uh, I will say this: um, each of the kids look like they walked right off the pages of the of the comic book. So agreed. Right off the bat, I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be page for page you know, a reenactment of the comic book. Well, completely wasn't. Um, yeah. <laughs> they kind of went out in, in what I what deemed left field with the, the storyline. They changed a lot of stuff in it. You know, there's going to be changes no matter what when you take it to the screen. Uh, you can't make Molly a mutant because they can't say mutant, you know, in the cinematic universe. Okay, uh, that's yet. owned by Fox. Yeah, maybe right. a couple years from now. Um, you know, there's, there's, there were minor changes like that, which I knew were going to come about because of the, you know, uh, Fox, you know, Fox owning uh, the X-Men, you know, the rights to the X-Men and, and mutants and everything else. Um, so I knew they were going to have to do something different. You know, I had no, I have no problems with changes. Um, the other thing was that in the comic book, um, the parents are not a, uh, uh, are not a, are not the center of the storyline either. They kind of are, but they're more of a, of a, of a, you know, a means to an end. Well, they have to have a reason to run away, so we'll make it their parents and their supervillains. So, like you said in the comic book, there, um, there are all these different quote unquote classes of, you know, super beings in the in the uh, in the Marvel universe, such as, you know, uh, mutants, uh, magic users. Alien, you know, we already went over this. Uh, and they changed all that up in this. So that was kind of like, okay, I get it. I understand. You know, they're more going with, you know, science instead of magic. And they're not using, um, they're not using a, a lot of, they're not using the mutants, of course. Uh, we don't know if Jonah's an alien or not. Um, and he's actually, you know, Caroline, they completely took the storyline and made it their own. I don't have a problem with that. It made it interesting to watch because I think I would have gotten bored with it if it were just um, page for you know page for page, shot for shot, the comic book. I'm like, well, I know what's going to happen. So with this, um, I didn't know what was going to happen, but it kind of left me like wanting a little bit uh, in the middle of the season, going, okay, something needs to happen. And it was a long game. <laughs> um, I mean, you, yeah, it was a it was a very long burn for. Mm-hmm. For the first season of it was something, a slow burn. Yeah, there you what, go. Let me, let, let me let me interject with just one question: At what episode were you screaming at the television? At the television? At what point are you fucking people going to run away? <laughs> About five or six. <laughs> I was like, Are they going to gear up to run away? 
are they just going to stand around and talk to each other and talk about their feelings the whole time? Um, you know, which is kind of what yeah, they were doing. Got, which, it got a little CW, you know, old WB melodrama there for a while. This was less the Runaways than yeah. more Dawson's Creek in the beginning. Right, exactly. And then, um, you know, Carolina got her powers. Um, you know, Chase started using the Fistagons. Uh, old Lace shows up. And it got a little more – it was starting to look a little more like the Runaways. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I really – you know, it, when business started picking it up, they started having – you know, getting my attention again. Um, overall, I really enjoy it. I mean, you know, I think it's a heck of a series. I think it's good. I'm a sucker for a teen drama no matter what. I mean, uh, I watched uh, Friday Night Lights from beginning to end um, – so and I'm I'm stuck on Riverdale right now. So it, it was I was going to watch it no matter what, but um, but it it was one of the things. that was like, well, you know, when are you going to freaking run away? This is called <laughs> the Runaways. Get the heck out of Dodge. So, it, well, it, okay. Am I disappointed in how they're doing things? No. Uh, or you know, are they you know different? Well, yes, of course. Are you know, in some points, vastly different from the comic book. Um, is that such a bad thing? I don't think so. There's, we've been each, each of us been throwing stuff back and forth. The messenger. When are they, you know, finally, are when are these guys going to run away? Come on, let's get to it. Yeah, I think. Um, I think how many times we say that? Out of Dodge. When are they going to get? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I thought about that today, and Mark, what you talked about earlier about how this it seemed like they're banking on a season two here. It may already been inked in the deal. I have no idea. We didn't know about it, but um, you know, there. If this would have ended and not been picked up for a second season, I would have thrown something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, there would have been. Oh, yeah. There would have been a paddling. <laughs> Uh, I mean, Starch would have been angry. Yeah, come on now. Uh, we had all these storylines, so you could tell that they were they they were putting things together uh, for for a, a way later payoff. Uh, we got mm-hmm. in this first season. I think it was a smart a, a smart gamble, I guess we would say to to do all this open ended stuff to build this world. One of the things I think is important that they got across that we really didn't get a whole lot of in the comic book was developing the kids relationship with their parents. That was mostly all this first season. Mm -hmm. was. That's really, if you look at it, it was a way that the kids kind of came together, but also exploring the relationship that they had with their parents. Not only that, getting a good idea of the type of people that the parents are. Uh, you know, we have, mm. is it Nico's mom and dad whose who's dad is having an affair with Chase's mom? And, I mean, all this this great dramatic stuff packed into this first season, I think it's yeah. a smart thing that they did that. As much as it frustrated us, because we read the book first. Now, the thing is, is I got to sit down and watch this with my daughter, uh, who is... You know, I was like, hey, come on, why don't you sit down and watch the first three episodes with us, see if you like it. She was 
absolutely enthralled with this series. And I was so happy. And I can remember we had just covered the book and sitting down and watching the first three episodes, and she's throwing all this stuff out there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, you think so? Okay, well, what about this person, you know? Uh, so we, you know, I was kind of jabbing at her just to see what she thought. I never did give anything away. Uh, but regardless, it was fun to be able to experience that with my daughter, watch, watch her enjoy this show. So that whatever they did, as frustrated as we were because we read the comic and what happened in the comic uh, – because what was issue one? They were gone. It was it issue one or issue two? Uh, the runaways have ran away. <laughs> so yeah. here in episode, you know, we we don't see that happen for very a long time, or at least near the end of this first season. Um, but I think it's a it's a good mark in in my in my book. One of the things that, uh, and you guys both alluded to it that the series does that the book didn't do was actually develop the parents as characters. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't want to keep going back to the book, but just so people understand the book mostly just deals with the kids. The the parents pop up every once in a while. Um, One similarity between the book and the show is they do frame the kids uh, for the murder or something or kidnapping. Yeah. I was really, Um, I was really happy to see that. I mean, not. Yeah. But. So all, so all that's consistent. But, I mean, they don't really deal with the parents all that much. And so the parents are just sort of stock boss characters in the story. But, you know, the real issues are the vampire kid and Cloak and Dagger. And, you know, and there's more running from the cops than anything else. Here, mm-hmm. a lot of time got and, you know, instead of making the kids run away in the first or, or second episode, they instead told the story of the origin of the parents' rise and fall. Mm-hmm. They, and, and here's where I want to start breaking things up and, and talk about performances and characters. Uh, Alex's parents, you know, their whole thing is his dad started off being a thug and he was in prison and he talked his buddy into taking the rap for him so that he could get out of prison and sell his property to Jonas. And in doing so ends up becoming like a rich property developer. And he, you know, and he marries his and he marries his lawyer, his lawyer um, in the midst of all of that. And then they go ahead and they have Alex. Um, so here you have the story of a guy who takes the opportunity from Jonas to turn his entire life around, you know, um, but in doing so, he has to, he gives up a little bit of his soul. He, uh, he promises the, the guy that took the rap for him that took all the time that he would take care of his family. And then he doesn't, which is another thing that they picked up on and then summarily dropped later on. You know, it's, yeah. an, it's an early, it's an early part of the, of the show. And then it's not really dealt with again until the very end. And yeah, even I was say, that, it, it might be he, something that they're going to hold over till the next season because mm-hmm. he, the guy shows back up. Go ahead. Yeah. It's, it seemed like they threw it out there and then they, and they just kind of left it loose. They don't really conclude that part of the story. Uh, mm-hmm. But let, let's start with that. What do we think of the Wilders, Jesse? Um, 
We have th- that the parent story is that in a nutshell. Alex's story again, different from the book. In the book, he's like a super genius who's who who had this whole thing, including running away, plotted out all along, and this was essentially to uh, cut off the parents who were going to betray them at the pass and stab them in the back instead. That was his mm-hmm. whole plan. Um, in yeah. this one, he has a, man crazy has no plan. He literally he's he's depressed because a girl that he liked allegedly had committed suicide, which is Nico's sister, who does not exist in the book. Um, and so he's just kind of a mopey teenager and he's sort of a dork. And his whole thing is like, hey, maybe we should get the band back together when the parents get together, um, because we've all gone our separate ways in the wake of the one sister uh, passing away. Mm-hmm. So. I never, I don't, I never, I thought the character was written stronger in the book than in the show. Uh, And I actually thought the parents were a little bit more interesting than the kid. What did you think of the Wilders? I just want to bring up one thing here that the Wilders are a good example of uh, for kind of like the template for the rest of the, the rest of the families in this book. And maybe you guys noticed this, I don't know, but I, I saw somebody comment about uh, how strong the women characters are almost like the leads and wear the pants in the family for each one of these, uh, each one of these people. Um, they're very strong female-led uh, moms, and, and it, they play the characters well. Uh, it always seems like, you know, there, there, there doesn't seem to be an overbearing father figure in in any of these families except other than for... Chase's dad. Sorry. <laughs> What's that? That's probably where you were going and I Victor cut you off. With Victor? Are yeah. you talking about Victor? Yeah. Uh I mean but still his his wife took charge throughout here. Uh but yeah as for the Wilders themselves you know the, the most interesting part of that family uh, is the mom and dad right now uh and and how uh you know, how they kind of deal with the stuff that's going on around them. As far as, uh, as far as most of the families in here, I probably, I probably gravitate toward them more. They, they seem more, mm-hmm. you know, grounded. Yeah. Uh, Alex, street is level. Kind of a, Alex is kind of a milksop, you know, yeah. and for, and, for and, being the, yeah, for being the son of a, uh, you know, like a, <laughs> I would I would hesitate to call him a gangster, but I mean he's he's made his money in nefarious ways. Uh, but good, Let's call uh, he him was, what he is. <laughs> Let's call him what he is from the Source Material Podcast. Oh, no, Black <laughs> Kingpin. <laughs> Black well, Kingpin. I mean, you take the character, and he's being written in the same in the same light almost, because I don't know what's going to happen with him in the series, and I like that. But we yeah. all know, you know, if you read the book. You know what happens with his character later on, and like you said, I hate to keep referencing the book, but you can't really not reference the book because of you know that's the the source material of the whole show. Um, that's where you know you're getting the characters. But in the in the book, he is written as a very unassuming character because you would never think in the book that he would be he would do what he does. And are we are we doing like full spoiler? Yeah, no, this Ooh. is TV party tonight. Spoil okay. away. Okay. 
Right. And you may not even so be spoiling anything, see. to be honest, because they've kept things so separate True. from the book and, and added so many things. <laughs> I yeah. don't know which Spoiler way. Spoiler alert, you learn nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in the book, I mean, he, he betrays the runaways. He betrays his friends, and he's the one that, that turns them in and tells his parents, you know, tells the, all the, the pride where the kids are and what they're doing and, and every step of the way. He's the one that, you know, he wants to help his parents, you know, fulfill whatever they were going to do in the beginning, you know, because he loves his parents and he wants to, to make sure that they survive. Um, so it comes down to it. You know, he wants him, he wants Nico and himself and their parents to be the one, you know, to, to go on because there's only supposed to be six people that, that are supposed to survive this, you know, all these ancient, uh, whatever they are, you know, um, that are going to, you know, destroy the world. So it was going to be their, you know, those two families, their kids, and then he and Nico could be together forever or whatever. Um, so he, it was it was very unassuming because I didn't I didn't dream, you know, the leader of the group, the the one that you know who needed to, you know, um, felt like he needed all these people around to make him you know, stand out would be the one that would, you know, turn his back on him. So I feel like he's being written in the same, in the same vein. In this. you know, he's, he's just your, your unassuming leader character. He's kind of like a powerless Cyclops, you know, back in the day. Um, yeah. He's kind of milksoppy, but you know, he's, he's still really smart. So you don't know what he's going to do later on. You don't know what he's going to come up with. You don't know if he's going to be good, bad, whatever. Um, so, well, yeah, he's kind of bland as a character. I think he's purposely written bland um, because something's going to happen. Would you say – I could be completely wrong. Would you say he's he feels a lot more uh, – would you say he feels more weak compared to the one that we saw in the book itself? I would definitely say that. No. You don't? Huh? Okay. Go ahead, I mean, Mark. No, go ahead, Ronnie. I was going to say no because he's a lot more mouthier in the show. Oh, <laughs> true. And I we mean, do see like the guy. He, we do see him pick up a pistol and shoot a guy. <laughs> yeah, he so, shot a kid, man. Yeah, yeah, I'll give um, you that. Shot another guy. Uh, he, he, he doesn't seem um, he doesn't weaker uh, per se, but you know, he just seems like he's got more more of a character, you know, development in this. Uh, hmm. But he. You know, um, what, am, what am I trying to say here? No, Lose yeah, no. I think he's strong. He's stronger character in this. Okay. See, I all right. See, I don't. I, I completely disagree. Go big. Um, I don't. I <laughs> yeah, think, no, I'm used to it. <laughs> uh, I feel like in the comic. They made they gave him purpose. He was an evil genius who was thinking two and three steps ahead of not just the, the parents but the kids as well. He was manipulating an entire situation mm-hmm. to come out to the end that he wanted, and every you know, and that made him a strong character. What's his big? What does he do in this show that gives him any kind of strength? The, he hacks the Minoru. Uh, computer Staff. and oh. and then like spends three episodes waiting for it to finish decrypting and then chase smashes the computer 
Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like I, to, you know, and he's one note through the whole show. It's uh, you know, it's. Oh, my parents killed that girl. They're clearly evil. He's never shook from that. That's the thing. Like, I thought they had something when Nico was confronting him about, how did you know my mom's password? And I'm like, okay, this is where we're going to learn that he knew all along what was happening. And nope, that's not where this went. And then he's called, and then he goes to make the phone call. And like, okay, they're going to show this is where, you know, he's going to tell the parents where they are and that he, and that this is, nope. He called to get a, he called to, buy, to get some money and a gun. <laughs> okay, this this was any kid USA, and I and I was like, eh. Of all the characters on this show, he he annoyed me the most. Um. Uh, anything else on the Wilders? If not, I want to move on to uh, to Nico. I'm good. No. Okay. Just- like so Nico, shooting everything I say down. <laughs> Your opinion has been heard, Ronnie Adams. No, it don't has. cry. He hates me. Don't, <laughs> don't cry, Ronnie. Don't be an Alex. Um, <laughs> I will if I wanna. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna go uh, call your black friend and buy a gun and so get some money. Shoot me. Oh, you wait. <laughs> you wait. <laughs> So Nico's family is interesting. And again, they introduce the staff. They don't tell you what the staff is or how the mom got it. I, I, I feel like it was alluded to very late in the show that it was like a gift from Jonas. But why didn't they all get staffs? Why didn't they all get presents? Why, why is she the only one? What's special about her family? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> that was really frustrating for me. It was like, well, somebody has to have the staff because Nico eventually has to have it. But let's not come up with a rational explanation for how they got it. Let's just say, ah, oh, Jonas gave it to him. As if he's the wizard from the Wizard of Oz. It was like, and you get a braid, and you get a heart, and you get a magic wand. All right. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. But the uh, but the actual performances I thought were really good. I, you know, I, can can somebody who paid a little bit more attention to detail than I did explain exactly what happened with the daughter? Because the impression I got was she learned what they were doing. She learned about their nefarious deeds, and she was about to run away. Well, Jonas and, and Jonas killed her. Mm-hmm. And the That's mom knew Jonas killed her and covered it up. Is that yeah, about that's right? what I took away. Yeah, that's what I took away from it as well. It's their way of, uh, it's their way of planting. When they found that out, obviously now, we, as we got towards the end of the show, uh, or of the series, should say the season, uh, you know, we we now have the parents getting ready to turn on Jonas, and that was the critical element they had to have in order to. How, you know, her death had to lie at, at the feet of Jonas. And, of course, that turned everybody against him. Uh, but so, they knew he killed her. The mom knew. I don't, I don't think the, the mom didn't. Did, no. When the, you say the Nico's mom, mother, you're talking about Nico, Nico's, Nico's mom? mother. 
Yeah, Nico's mother knew that knew that it wasn't a suicide, and she was covering it up. The okay. dad may not have known. Uh, the uh, the dad may have been kept in the dark, but I'm pretty sure the mother knew exactly what happened. For some reason, I don't recall that. I thought she was like extremely upset, and it was Jonas's wife that came to him and said, "Okay, look, this is this is what's happened." And she, everybody was about ready to kill her. I think because she was also involved in the death of Molly's parents, right? And then they're like, no, because you don't want to do that because I'm your only way to get to Jonas. But I, again, I may have checked out at that part of the episode where <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't think Nico's mom knew. Okay, hang on. Hang on. Uh, I'm reading. I'm actually reading from the wiki. We, we may have all gotten this wrong. Leslie reveals that she was indirectly responsible for Amy's death and that she's unsure of Frank's loyalty. She manages to convince the Yorks, the Minorus, and Janet to join with her in killing Jonah. Okay. Have we been calling him Jonas this whole time? His name's Jonah? No, yeah. I've been calling him Jonah. <laughs> I blame um, your son. I Mark. Mark. He doesn't say right names anyway. Uh, I've, I've been calling him Jonas the whole time. Carolina. <laughs> Carolina. Yeah, Carolina. Carolina. Thamopoli, Thamopoli, tomato, tomato. <laughs> whatever. Mark just calls him. Whatever comes to his mind, he calls him. <laughs> yeah, he looked at calling him Doctor Doom. Um, <laughs> All so right, whatever. So okay, let me just go ahead. I'll get my two cents in here on the Minoros, Minoro, Minero, Monogahide. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I I think they're you. You said they were interesting, and that is the word that popped into my head as well. I mean, you know, this is a family that's had to deal with the tragedy in their life. Uh, you know, Nico's sister. Uh, apparently at first I thought she had committed suicide all the way up until the reveal. And uh, that's a hard thing for a family to deal with. And it shows too. It's not like they just let her go. And that was the end of it. Uh, that, that had ramifications upon, uh, you know, the husband who was having, uh, he was having an affair and with who we're about to talk about here at some point um, with uh, Janet Stein. So that's as, as hardcore, uh, what, what seemed like these were both successful people, uh, and they had they had to deal with this tragedy, and it affected them. I mean, I, I think it was that first episode where uh, Nico walks into the room, and her mom's like, "What the what are you what the hell are you doing in here? Why why are you in here?" And it's her sister's room, uh, so it it was something that was added to the show. That was not in the comic, and I think it was a very, a very good addition, in my opinion. So, um, as far as how the characters were written and the performances, I thought the the woman who plays the mom, I thought she was great. Um, she had she had a very enrapturing performance. Um, the, the girl who plays Sister Graham, Nico. Uh, okay, yeah, it's Brittany Ishibashi is Tina Minoru. And I think she's great. I think she's one of the stronger characters in it. Uh, the guy who plays her mm-hmm. husband, Robert Minoru, I mean, the character's kind of a putz. So, you know, like, he's like, I, I, I get that he's sort of a doting dad, but, you know, the rest of it is just kind of, eh. You know, it, it yeah. screamed a little American beauty to me. It was like, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a middle-aged man, and 
I can't handle my life, so I'm going to go cheat on my wife. Like, all right, whatever. Um, but, I mean, the guy playing him, I thought, was fine. Uh, the, I thought the girl playing uh, uh, Nico Minoru, who is uh, Lyrica Okano, uh, I thought she was great. I, 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 my only issue with her entire performance throughout the series, and this leads into the next family, is, uh, is the lesbian kiss with Carolina. I don't know. Did you guys think that came out of nowhere? And like, yeah, oh, Carolina is okay. giving her eyes the entire series uh, up to that point. But I felt like I didn't really, I don't know. I, I, it, her acceptance of it seemed to have just come out of nowhere. And I'm fine with it if, that, if they want to do that. I don't necessarily have an inherent dislike of gay relationships in my shows. And, you know, they, they, I don't care that they made characters gay in this. That's not the issue. The issue is, I don't know where in her character there, there was any evidence of that lurking around. You know, so it, it just seemed like it was just sort of forced. In the comic book, um, Carolina, Carolina has a crush on uh, Nico in the comic book. Or thinks right. she does. So that's kind of where that came from. Okay, well, yeah, but when when the kiss happened, okay, my immediate reaction was, okay, Nico's going to pull back, and we're going to have that will-they-won't-they they throughout the rest of the series. That was not the yeah. case. She, she no. uh, clearly accepted it, in my opinion. I mean, she, she was... Well, Go ahead. It's, a, it's that point of, of Nico being that, that confused, angsty teenage character. Of, she just wants to be loved, but she doesn't know by who uh, that was in the book, you know? Um, and I, that's kind of where I thought they were going with it. Um, you know, she's, um, that's why she was, a, you know, more accepting of it. Um, I, you know, it is it is a bit different from what uh, what they were doing in, in you know uh, from well it did come out of nowhere but um, it, that's just that was my thought on it of where they were going with it. Well, it does bring this, up an interesting point about show running and, and you know where when you adapt something from you know from a book or comic or whatever, uh, and I've brought this up before. I think fans want it to be a slavish retelling of the source material. But I think showrunners in many ways take, you know, they take what they feel like they need from the show and they discard the rest, and, you know, and they really make it their own for better or for worse. And this in a lot, sometimes felt like they felt beholden to the book to do things in the book because then, you know, if not, then it's not the runaways, but instead of, mm-hmm. but, it, but a lot of it didn't feel natural. It didn't feel like a natural part of the story. Okay. It felt like, okay, we have to use this part of the book, or no one's going to get that this is the or fans of the book are going to be pissed at the show. Uh, I don't know, man. No, yeah, I, I see honest, where you're coming from on that. I honestly think that this is going to be a bone of contention for Alex later on down the line. We already know that kind of happens, you know, if we're going to compare it to the mm-hmm. book, but. Uh, that this kiss when it happened, I mean, I can remember my daughter going, "My gosh, 
look at all the relationships going on in between all these people. We have Gert, who likes Chase. Nico, who likes Carolina. Alex, who likes Nico. Chase, who likes Carolina. I mean, you could draw a line if you had their pictures and draw a color-coded map. <laughs> I mean, it'd just be a tangled web of stuff that's going on. That's your teenage drama right there showing up uh, in, in 90210 style, my friends. Uh, and it's, <laughs> it, it caught it, – it kept my daughter's attention. She, I, I, I assume she enjoys that type of storytelling. Uh, so, but yeah, this kiss and, you know, as, as fast as it was accepted, I think what it is, is it's their way of establishing that relationship. So maybe just maybe we might have a reason to distrust Alex later on down the line for a specific reason. Uh, so let's Jealousy. talk about, so let's talk about Carolina and her parents. It's <laughs> never said that they're, it's never said they're aliens. And what we, the one thing we do learn in this series over a period of 10 episodes is that Frank is not her father. Uh, Frank is her stepdad and her biological father is Jonah. And they never explain where Jonah has, gets his power from or why he, uh, why he needed the energy of other people like destiny. None of that ever gets explained at least not to my satisfaction. Um, and, you know, subsequently they don't explain why Carolina can glow either, just that, she, you know, she glows because she's Jonas, she's Jonah's daughter, period. Um, I, I thought she was an okay character. I think, again, her mom, uh, Leslie, is a more interesting character. I'm going to be saying that a lot throughout this, that I think the kids were less interesting than their parents, which was a damn shame considering how the book goes. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, I, you know, I thought she was okay. I thought the best parts of her were watching her be a superhero. So when she gets to get the glow and use her powers, she's fun to watch outside of that. She's a little, a little on the, the bland side. I got, a, I, I, I actually enjoyed her more at the beginning of the series than I did at the end. Cause when she was the preacher's daughter, and she was being made fun of before that. I thought there was some grist for the mill there. But because they're in the midst of proving their parents are murderers, it's kind of just forgotten. <laughs> and, and they're too busy dealing with, you know, I don't know if I should rat my parents out to the cops, which takes up so much time in the series. That's, that's a few episodes of them twisting and turning and debating on whether or not they're going to turn their parents in. Um... Frank, you know, what a weird character. And, and I say that because yeah. like yeah. he has no role in the comic, practically. And it feels like they just invented this character out of whole cloth. And then they gave him the most interesting turn of the show. They're like, <laughs> they did. <laughs> I, I can't get an acting gig. I want to be part of the church. I can't be part of the church. I'm going to join forces with the evil monster because I feel like I need purpose in my life. All right. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Why is he the most interesting character in this show? Because anyone have a rational explanation for why Frank, the stepdad, to, you know, in, in the church of the Jaborum is the most interesting character on the show? Ronnie, take a stab at it. Uh, 
No. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I can remember I was really tired of Frank. And then all of a sudden he's like he's got these superpowers. He's able to like possibly heal people from their deathbed. And Yeah, that was completely odd. I I was like, what is going to go on here? Can we trust this guy? And he's a good guy. Seems like a good all-around guy. He wants to be a good father to Carolina. Um, And all of a sudden, it's just night and day. He's the one, he turns over a bunch of information over to Jonah. And yeah, just like you said, he's tag-teaming with the monster of this thing. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I, I don't see, there were probably three episodes where I was like, that guy's dead. He's dead. Next episode, Jonas want to kill him. <laughs> he's dead, and then all of a sudden he's he's helping him out. And I'm I'm still like probably first episode, second season. Frank's dead. I that's that's my that's. I mean, he hasn't been killed or anything yet, right? He didn't die. No, he's still alive, right? Okay, all right. Just making sure yeah, I didn't miss still, that he's still part. Kicking. Okay, all right. So yeah, I I I think Frank has a a a very short leash on life right now because at some point. He's either going to get killed by uh, the, the the other members of the other parents of the group, which he probably I could see him easily getting in the way, trying to save Jonah for some strange reason. It's all about what is it? Jonah's blood that was giving people powers? Is that what was going on, or his alien stuff? I remember there was some kind of a transplant that happened, right? <laughs> oh, his alien stuff! His alien stuff is all over the place. <laughs> oh, uh, let me get, get some of that alien stuff. Hot, hot game. Let's let's eight. Hey, no. Let me ask a question. Let me ask a question. Okay. Uh, when, I think is, it was the first episode, first or second episode. When is it about the hot, hot gates? Well, it, it possibly could be the alien hot, hot gates. When, when, uh, oh, what's her name? Leslie lays down beside. The at the time the aging and elderly Jonah who's hooked up to a bunch of machines, but she lays down by him and all of a sudden the crotches glow. Anyone care to comment on what was going on there? I'd rather not comment about that. <laughs> Ever just just it's, it's, it's I'm alien syphilis. Glad that you brought that up. I, I didn't, dude. They she like lays down beside him like okay this is getting weird. This is getting weird, and all of a sudden their crotches yeah. start glowing, and I'm like, "Yep, this is weird. This is strange. I don't know what's it's going a- on here." I'm of course telling we you, it's a- you're it's telling alien, me you've never laid beside somebody until your crotch glowed. <laughs> <laughs> that's how Who's you know it's crotch. That's how, that's how you know it's Who's real. Whose crotch hasn't glowed in the throes of passion? Really. <laughs> All right, that's that's uh, I, I threw that in there. Derailed if your crotch okay. if your crotch don't glow, then she don't know. <laughs> Mindy, throw that on a t-shirt. Oh, Put it on a shirt. Yes, do so. We were just talking about Ken Crotch there last night, so um, yeah. All right. What? Where was that? I don't. Remember. It was. I think that was on source material, wasn't it? We were talking about Ken dolls and. I can't remember. Oh, yeah, I did say that he was like a Ken doll. <laughs> Vision. That's right. Vision. I bet your vision's cross-closed. Uh, uh, oh, absolutely. I bet it glowed when Tony was like, Vision, show me that dick. Show me that dick, Vision. 
<laughs> we need to go. We're live. I forget that uh, you know the, the gag reel doesn't happen on live episodes. Just during them. No, the the live episode is the gag reel. Um, <laughs> and speaking of glowing crotches and gag reels, let's move on. Um, <laughs> do we have any anything else about the the glowing Jonah family? I'm good. She, uh, by the way, Virginia Gardner is a beautiful woman. She's 22 years old, so I can say that. Oh, she's the one who plays Carolina. Yes. Hey, yeah, look, she plays her mom's not bad either. Freckly woman that she is. She um, was on. You ever watch 24? That's where no. she's from. A- Annie Worshing. Nope. She was. She was in the show 24. Okay. I don't watch it. I don't care. Um. Jack Burrow right, should so kick let, your ass. Let's move on to... I'm un-American, I know. Um, <laughs> let's move on to probably the most interesting family, like, overall in the in this show. I think the, the family that had, like, the most to do. Um, probably the more interesting characters of the entire show. And that's the Steins. So... Agreed. You know, Jonah makes the point of saying really the only one that he needs in this whole operation is Victor. And that's because Victor made the machine that changes the bodies into pure energy for him. Uh, and that's what keeps him alive. Got that much. Uh, Victor is suffering from like brain cancer and it's changing his mood to the point where he's like, you know, trying to like, you know, in one minute he's trying to bond with his son, the next minute he's trying to throw him through a window. Uh, and in between all of this, you have the wife who, you know, the long-suffering wife of an abusive husband who's cheating on him with uh, one of the other milk toast husbands. So, and then you have Chase, who longs to have a relationship with his father and believes that. I believes that he can and then his father flips out again and he realizes that he can't and he's another one struggling with should I turn my parents in for murder or shouldn't I I don't know life is hard I'll play lacrosse um <laughs> he's <You> jack <laughs> you know he's an interesting character because he's written as sort of like the, the brain dead jock but he's also <laughs> he's he's kind of like black lightning you know, he's not just an Olympic athlete, but he's also a this and he's a that and he's everything and he's good to his mother. You know, Chase, um, Chase is kind of fun that way. He's not just a, you know, an athletic uh, jock, but he's also, you know, a robotist and a physicist and all these other things. It's like, all right, sure. Um, and, you know, and as far as interpersonal relationships, you would have thought that like he would immediately have no interest in Gert, but he kind of does. But he also likes Carolina because why not? She's a hot blonde. And it's like they didn't see what makes him interesting to me is they couldn't seem to settle on what the hell he was. He was just like, um, he's whatever the scene needs him to be. Moving on. Hey, did you guys get that sense, too? Or did you get it that, that he that there was a stronger um, centrality to his character, a stronger anchor, Ronnie? I mean, because, again, I, I just felt like he was whatever the situation needed him to be at that time. Ronnie Adams. Earth to Ronnie. Ronnie Adams, is is he dropped? No, he's still in the queue. Fuck it. Jesse, go. 
the music. I will go. All right. So Chase Stein. I, I don't know. I mean, he didn't really feel like plug and play Chase. You back, Ronnie? Yeah, sort of. Um, it, here's the thing. Again, we read the book, and we know who this character is supposed to be. It's hard yeah, for me to the least interesting character of the book. That's the funny thing. <laughs> he doesn't even make. I don't think he even makes it, makes it to the final battle, uh, but because uh, he gets he gets near drowned or whatever happens. But yeah, I I my my honest opinion though is is that he did. He's portrayed as I would think that he should be. I don't think there's. It, it's not that he's. It's not that he is. Uh, the jack of all trades, you know, okay, we need you here for this. And we need you here for that. My in, interest, my, uh, I, I wrapped up in the whole father son dynamic between him and his dad. That was kind of where I was. Now, father outside of that, sing it. tell me where uh, have out, you been? Sorry. <laughs> outside of that though, uh, you know what we, his introduction, I think he saves Carolina from getting raped. Um, yeah. You know, he's the, he's the hero there. Um, but that that relationship with his dad, after he almost loses his dad, find out he has brain cancer and, and he, he wants to get back in, into his good graces. That is, that to me is the best part of Chase Stein. And of course, man, I don't know how, where you were at if you were on the edge of your seat when uh, his dad grabs the fistagons and points them at him and I'm like, Oh shit! It's gonna go down now. And he hit—I mean, he hits him with like full force of whatever, knocks him, knocks uh, Chase backwards. His ja- his dad is played by James Marsters, by the way, which you've seen him in many things. Uh, mainly, uh, the one I remember is Spike from Buffy. Uh, he played that guy pretty well, in my opinion. And uh, being an abusive piece of shit dad, uh, who I, at first I was like, oh, there's hope. There's hope here, and then he just turns around. And one bad day, uh, next thing you know, he's he's you know th- throwing his son across the room. Uh, it's like you do. I, I, yeah, yeah, I almost did that tonight. Caleb's lucky he was, <laughs> went upstairs. My freaking comics, man. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I, I respected the character of. Uh, let's just put it this way: of the rest of the Runaways. I could see where you would lean toward least least interesting character of the rest of the Runaways compared to the compared to all of them because it seems like, um, you know he he's just kind of there sometimes to, although I don't know what do you think in regards to him trashing the computer and, and you already kind of talked about that can you see how they're trying to make a case that he may be like a traitor at some point. Um, I don't know. I, maybe I, I, I might be able to see that. See, the problem is I don't know if I would call him a traitor um, so much as I, he, he's probably the, one of the more conflicted characters. Okay. Okay. He definitely comes across as conflicted to me. All right. Ronnie, are you back? Ronnie has – he. I don't know. He's ghosted us, Mark. Oh, hang on. on. <laughs> Ronnie, there we go. Am I, am I there? You're there. You're everywhere. Tommy, I'm here, everywhere, man. 
Oh, wait a second. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> okay, Ronnie, <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear any of our discussion about Chase Stein? Yeah. Um, okay. I, I, do, you, I, do you think he's I one note? I get. No. They definitely gave him some depth in this. Okay. He was more one note in the book than he was in this. Uh, than he is in this, in my opinion. Um, he. Uh, yeah, no, hang on. He, I'm not saying he's one note. I'm saying, like, he's – like, I compared him to Black Lightning, you know, in the sense that he he's everything. He's everything they needed. Mm-hmm. Okay. He, I have a hard time with this character um, in the show being um, the the super jock, super genius – Every, yeah, like everything that they need him to be. Because in in the in the book, he was more of what you expected. Uh, all the stuff that he used and all the stuff that he did, he came across. Basically, I guess his power was kind of luck. He just he he was smart in the in the in the sense that he just he picked stuff up and he was like, okay, I can make this work if I just you know hack at it long enough. Um, See, he didn't know I how to fly like- the. I would have felt like it would have been more interesting had he not known how to do it. Like, like if they just left him a dumb jock, and he's just and he like picks up the fistigons and you know just uses you know uses them by accident and just basically steals yeah. more like the comic where he just steals his dad's stuff. You know what I mean? Like I don't. I was like I wasn't necessarily as interested in him um, as both the jock and the physicist. Yeah. No, I, I yeah, that's that's where I'm coming from. I, I like him better. He's as a simplified character. Um, you know, not, I don't have a problem with this one, but um, it's just that enough's enough. <laughs> he, he he can't he he either he's the one thing or the other. You know, it's just like when you're writing a story uh, about yourself as a kid, uh, you want to make yourself the main character. So not only are you super smart. You know, you can fight sixteen ninjas at the same time. Yeah, um, I keep so, thinking of like the Family Guy bit, but you know, my black son. You know, my black son. He's it, and he's also a ninja. It's like, all right. <laughs> my so, black son. Um, my black son. That's why I don't all right. finish talking. I, I just, I, I expect Mark to come in with something. So. <laughs> Please continue, sir. Oh no, um, that's basically it. I mean, um, he's he he's like you said, he's everything they need him to be, and um, it, it's it it kind of gets overwhelming at times. You know, what can't he do? Yeah. All right, and let's then let's go to Gert, Molly, and the Yorks. Uh, Molly is exactly who she was in the comic. There's literally like no difference. <laughs> Maybe yeah, she's a yeah. little less less kiddish in the show than she was in the comic. Yeah, but she's basically, older. her thing is, I'm gonna throw a car and then I'm gonna go nappy night. Okay, <laughs> that's yeah. your character. Right. Perfect. <laughs> you know, um, wouldn't it be fun to see the little girl with the bunny ears throw a bus? Good. Um, <laughs> They would it was semi. 
I had to say this is the only one where I thought the actress was like, meh, <laughs> nah, I don't know. I, I, I sometimes wonder if the director of these episodes just kind of looked at the, the actress and was like, you, you certainly are trying. I don't want to hurt your feelings by having you do a second take. We'll just take whatever take we get. Um, <laughs> she's, I don't know. She seemed a little too earnest, you know, a little too whiny at times. Uh, and that's not, and I didn't think that was a character trait so much as that was an acting choice. And I don't know about you guys, but occasionally it would grate on my nerves. But again, they, they used her so little and they used her in, in a really, in the best way they could. You know, like here, here's where we need, it's like the Orville, which we'll talk about next week. You know, the woman who plays the security, the security chief, it's like, here, knock this door down. Here, open this jar, jar of pickles. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, now, listen, you're not really part of the episode. We just need someone to knock a door down. So move to the back of the move to the back of the frame. Great. <laughs> uh, Gert, I thought was fun. I like the fact that she was like super u- uber, uh, you know, trust fund liberal, and. Yeah, yeah, oh, and that's yeah. the thing. It's like they they gave everybody some fun characterizations. Like I like someone compared this to the Breakfast Club. Like this is the Breakfast Club with superheroes, and that's a pretty accurate yeah. statement. Except that all the yeah. Breakfast Club stuff gets kind of thrown out the window as the show progresses, and they have to deal with the more immediate threat of their parents are coming after them. And and I don't know. I, I felt like the show could have used a little bit more balance where you don't lose sight of those things because they stopped, they stopped being those people way too soon in the series. What do you, um, and I think she's probably the best example of that where she had a very strong character in the beginning, which gets muddled with, I'm in love with the lacrosse player. And then, you know, and then again, they also introduced the dinosaur who they might as well have not have had in the show. Yeah. It was like, well, it's in the book. So, but they don't do it. It's gotta be there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh well, well I mean it all it all okay what I, I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrupt but no you go what ahead what I have to say about Molly is that it's like they're trying to make her like her comic book character um but she's older in the in the show but they're still making her that whiny little character in you know because I mean everybody admits you know Princess Powerful Molly whatever you want to call her. Um, she is a whiny little kid. She's just a little kid in the show, in the book, and they're almost trying to make her same, take on the same character characteri- characterization as the book. Um, but she's what fifteen, and you can't have you know you can't have both worlds when when the girl is you know a teenager, and you can't make her the whiny little kid as well as you know the you know the teenage girl. So, yeah, it's like they uh, made that's her. Where kind of, that's where I kind of got you know lost with that. They made her closer in age to the rest of the cast because of necessity, but I don't. But I think ultimately they lost an, a, a central component of the character. Molly in the comic is super young, um, mm-hmm. and there's a real need to take care of her. And it would also make sense that after she throws a bus, she would be tired. It doesn't make as much sense for this version of Molly to be like that. Right. Unless it's just a condition she's of her power. As, yeah. Uh, she's not as tired as, as in the book, 
because she does do, you know, she does use her power and then doesn't have to take a nap immediately after. But she does get tired when she uh, when she extends herself uh, in the power. So it, you know, they can play it off as just a um, as part part of her powers. You know, you know that's a um, you know a side effect of her throwing a bus. She gets really tired. Which you know, I, I can be cool with, but um, but you can't make her the same little girl in the show that she is in the book because she's not a little girl; she's a teenage girl. Um, you know, she's going to have the same problems that these other you know these other kids have. Her you know her parents are murder you know were murdered, and, and the ones you know the only parents that she knows are part of this cult that have killed kids. You know, killed other you know teenage runaways. Are, so, um, I was going to say, are, are the are Gertz and Molly's? Well, I guess Molly's adoptive parents, not the most likable parents out of all this whole pride. I deal. love uh, them. No, I swear to God, I thought they were the best. <laughs> I was like, that yes, was the thing. They, they, are, like, they are so amazing. <laughs> yeah, they are the they are the most sympathetic. They are the least evil. You know, they're just like loving nerdy parents. They had no idea that Leslie killed Molly's parents. And they took Molly in out of the goodness of their heart with no ulterior motives. They're the ones kind of leading right. the pack in like, hey, Jonah's going to blow up the world. We should probably stop him. You know, I think they, they took the gifts and they took the, um, they took the opportunity to better their, their life in the situation, if nothing else than the name of science without realizing that, you know, like they made a deal with the devil and I think they realized all too late that they, that they had and what that would cost them. Um, I don't ultimately, you know, in the comic, everyone go, everyone's going into the situation with Jaborum with their eyes wide open and they're all like evil, horrible human beings um, or aliens as the case may be on the way to doing so. In the case of the Yorks, I think they're just useful idiots. You know, yeah, I think, yeah. you know, I don't think they knew the full scope of what they were doing. And if they had, they would have never have agreed to it. Um, that's the thing. It's like, because there's so much more focus on the parents in the show than there was in the book. They actually made some of the parents compelling and sympathetic people. Yes. As opposed yes. to, you know, you're the Legion of Doom. Yeah. Well, that was one of the important parts that I remember bringing up when we was talking on source material is the fact that in the Brian K. Vaughn book, it's explored more here in the series, but you know, you got the sense that these are parents, even though they may be evil geniuses or an evil cabal called the pride, they care for their children. They want what's best for their children. That's the whole point of what they're doing is for their children and their children are rebelling. And I think that is the most compelling part about this whole story are mm -hmm. their parents. And, and man, when they had, I, I don't know what we're going to do after we talk about the characters, but if we talk about moments in this series, I just want to go ahead and tell you my moment is most likely the stare down between the parents and the kids, because that yeah. was where there was a that division. Was fantastic. Yeah. There was a division between the two and the parents had to make a decision. And luckily, the one that was making the decision uh, was really 
Jonah, the one who was hardly can be considered a parent at all, as the rest of them stood behind him, conflicted on what they were supposed to do. Uh, but regardless, uh, it's that's what I love about this. You you begin to sympathize and you see these parents struggle with the fact of uh, that their kids are finding out shit that they shouldn't have done. Everybody's got everybody's got that black. I wouldn't say that that horrible secret in their background, but man, you know, there's some stuff you don't want your kids to know about sacrificing people to a a church demigod or whatever is probably one of them. Um, But (laughs) I mean, you know, speak for yourself, like you do, (laughs) but you know, it's again, it's something that you're trying to hide from your kids. When your kids find out, what are you going to do? These, these parents are caught in a very precarious situation. And the, I, I feel so sorry for the Yorks because, you know, they are trying their best. Uh, you know, they, they even try to get uh, – they, they try to get Molly the hell out of there uh, by sending her and, – and you could tell when they have to do that, they are really torn apart because it has to be done. They're sending her ass down to wherever to live with her aunt or something. Um, and they love this kid, and they're not – it's Molly's not even their child. But she's grown up with them, and it's that struggle that you see that parents have to do these things for their children, even though, guess what, Mark Radlich? It's going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you. <laughs> and you see that a lot. Um, so that's it as far as characters, ma- major characters. Let me give my summation of the show, and then you guys, um, you can use your last thoughts, uh, burning desires to talk about moments. Um, I, I agree there's probably no greater moment than the face-off, but um, I digress. The show is called The Runaways because the book is called The Runaways, but nobody runs away until the very end of the book, until the very end of the series, and it's more about the parents than it is about the kids. And I almost feel like in, a lot of times in the writing, even the writers knew the kids weren't nearly as interesting as the parents. Um, <laughs> and it was like, I almost wanted I, I wanted to stay with the parents and see what they were doing and how they felt and you know and I wanted to get you know get more of the parents than I ever did the kids I didn't think the kids were all that interesting um, and it's an, it's a weird way to to tackle a series about kids who run away from their evil parents so you know I give credit to Marvel for not doing the obvious things and for I mean if I, we hadn't read the books. I still wouldn't have understood why it was called Runaways when no one runs away until the very end, but I digress. Um, <laughs> right. I would have enjoyed the show, but I'd be sitting here going, I'd be, if, you t- if Ronnie Adams tells me, hey, did you know that it was based on a comic and this and this and this happens? I would have been like, no, you're a liar. Um, <laughs> because there's no way I would have believed <laughs> that this show could have come from that book. There, there's yeah. too many differences you know, and and just the focus and the themes of it. So, um, I, I I would be more apt to call this runaway and runaways in name only. But you know that 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 comes across as a big knock, and I'm not knocking the show because I actually, like I said, I think it's I think it was well acted. I think it was competently made. I think it's an interesting show. I'm just not sure what it has to do with the original book, other than it was inspired by it. Um, I'm going to let you guys yeah. have your last words here. Talk about whatever uh, issues or um, beats in the story 
that you feel need some discussion, and then I think we're going to get out of here. I want to try not to go over 90 minutes tonight. So I'll go to you first, Ronnie. Um, it definitely uh, it, it definitely surprised me. Um, when I first saw the uh, the promotional poster for it, it was right off the pages. You know, um, it looked like the cover of of the graphic novel, I believe. The the picture of all the kids, you know, standing there, and uh, so I was pretty pumped about it, and um, wanting something a little closer to the book. I was definitely surprised when it started going a completely different direction. Um, when they started, you know, <laughs> uh, having the the parents in more forefront than they were in the in the books, I was kind of like, oh, this is this is definitely different. Um, this is this could go wrong at any moment, uh, but it didn't. You know, it's it, it's held my attention. They finally ran away, which is good um, <laughs> because if they, you know, Josh <laughs> Josh Calandros, uh I was talking to him about it, and uh, he, I think it was Josh. Um, he, we all of us have talked about it to each other at some point in time. So I think it was him because he thought um, that it was going to be runaways in the sense of um that they were talking about the 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 kids that the church was sacrificing those were the runaways that's why the series name is runaways that they were there to protect those those kids instead of them being the runaways themselves um so that could have gone very wrong for me i wouldn't have enjoyed that as as much as i will enjoy them uh, running from their parents, running from the law now. Um, so I, I'm really happy that there's going to be a second season because, like you said, it, it it offered up more questions than answers. It was definitely a slow burn, but it was worth the, the, the payoff in the end. Um, it's something that I'm going to continue watching. Uh, it, it's It's been a fun ride uh, as far as, uh, like I said, me being a sucker for teen, teen dramas. Um you know, guilty pleasure uh, that is not so much a secret anymore. Um, it, it kind of, you know, it, it stands out. It's 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 a good show. I've enjoyed it so far, um, and hopefully, it just keeps on going the way it is. Uh, I've, I've said in the past that anything Marvel touches and puts on screen, it's 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 gold. Uh, you don't have to worry about it. Even you know, as uh, some you know, Agents of Shield is as people didn't like the first season as much, but people still watched it, you know? Um, people still watched that. People still watched, no matter what, they watched uh, what, what they said. I don't care what how they didn't like it. They still watched Iron Fist, you know? They still watch anything uh, that Marvel puts out there, and there is some good to glean from it. Um, so uh, if it keeps going in the direction that it's going now, um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep on watching I got questions for you, Ronnie, before I get into my final thoughts, okay? Okay. All right. You ready? What yeah. do you think what do you think is down on the bottom of the pit? Um those giants. You, you it's giants? They're just sleeping down there at the in the in bottom the, of the earth? In the, in the in the book there's giants. Well, there's that's true. Big old demigods down there. So uh, okay. I, you know, 
I, no, I, I, I kid um, <laughs> because if you, that would if be you completely... legitimately think that's what they're going to show us when we get to the next season or whenever they reveal that. <laughs> I kind of uh, hope they do because then it'll be like everybody will be like, "What is happening what? right now? <laughs> what but, the hell? <laughs> where, where is this? Where did this come from?" I'm like, "Ah, you got to read the book now." But I, am, um, I don't know if I, they're going to do that, but. It would, be on, just, it would be really fun if they did. Just a heads up, I'm on CBR.com right now, and it's the five biggest questions from the Runaway series. Number one, what's in that big hole? <laughs> yeah. So, what's, so in you, what's in the what, box? <laughs> what's in the box? What do you think it is, Ronnie? Tell me. Do you, think it's, do you honestly think it's Giants, or you just, you just can't wait? Find out. I hope that it's the Giants. Okay, the Jerem you see in the book, Gaborum. Yeah, but I Gaborum, um, Carolina, Carolina Jibberum. <laughs> Uh But I don't know. I don't know at this point. I don't know what's down in the hole. I really don't. Whether it's the source of Jonah's power, or whether it's you know, um, whether it is those those giants that we you know that we saw in the book. I really you know I wish I I wish I could tell you what I thought it was, but I really don't have a clue. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I'm going to keep on watching. Um, because I really don't know. And it's, it's interesting to see how they're, where they're going to take it. I have a theory. Yeah. Hit me. Oh, let's hear your Ener- theory. It's Energon. Oh, jeez. That's and a terrible this- theory. No, no, you, you <laughs> missed, you've misunderstood. Clearly, <laughs> We're dealing with Doctor Doom here. It is the it is a cosmic, uh, it is the cosmic power of some sort. Silver Surfer. No, is a, it's is Ener- whole... It's Energon, and and Jonah is actually the spirit of Megatron. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> Why do amazing. you do things that you do? <laughs> Why do you do things? Why do you do things, Mark? Stop. Why do you do things? the things that you do? Then think about it. Megatron, his body was destroyed, and so he put his essence into this human body um, sure. and, and that's made up of pure energon. Uh, and then he oh, banged Leslie. And, and, it, and he got and, crotch and glowing. Had an, There's the crotch glowing. I see where it's right. coming from now. Wow. This is, this is all a plot. See, they're trying to get all the energon. Jonah's plan is to get all the energon out of the Earth, and then he's going to resurrect the Decepticons. <laughs> All right, so uh, <laughs> seriously though, do you have a theory or you? Uh, I got you, nothing. Okay, Mark, do you have a theory as to what's at the bottom of the hole? Vision's penis. All right, we are. I will tell you what my theory <laughs> is. Mark has officially checked out of the podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm done. Out of the podcast. Done. It's it it. I'm here legitimately. I believe it's going to be a spaceship of some sort because we got. We know that both of them are aliens. Why do you say? Why, why do you guys keep saying it's going to be like the giant or a spaceship? It's some sort of ore or, or like energy source. Nope. No, they're going to get down there and they're going to mess with stuff. It, Mark, we've already talked about how some of the stuff that they've been pulling from the book at the bottom of the ocean were the giants, the gibberum who had sat there and waited. Uh, that's what I think it's going to be. It's going to be some kind of a spaceship that will. I, I have no idea. I honestly don't. Um, I have another theory. Oh, oh boy! Please tell me. Please let us know. At the bottom of the Earth, 
They will dig, dig, dig until they have unearthed the greatest source of pure energy on the planet, and it will take over the Marvel Universe, and that is syphilis. Syphilis. It's a crossover. I thought you were going to say it's a Manucci. It's Marvel crossover. <laughs> Manucci. He's going to pop out of the hole. No arms, uh, no legs, all cosmic energy. Manucci. She got kicked down there at some it's point. Manucci. Ma. Manucci. Why you got to make me kill uh, my cousin's ma? <laughs> all right, all right. I, I, I know we only got three. Uh, you, did you set it for ninety minutes live time? Because we got three minutes yes. left. I'll give. Okay, yes. I'll give. I'll give my final summation. We'll get into plugs, do all that great stuff. Okay, this host. was probably. <laughs> hey, you said it. I'm just repeating what you said, sir. Uh, <laughs> this was probably one of the more recent series that I've sat down and watched and knew what it was based on, and I welcomed the changes. All. I think all, if not most, of the changes throughout this TV series were very positive, in my opinion. Uh, they helped further the story, helped me get interested. There were things that popped up in here that I was like, well, I didn't see that in the book, but by golly, it's, it is a very interesting plot point. And there's some things that they did that, like eliminating Molly's family, uh, you know, that helped, that helped further the, the suspense who did it? What, what's going on? What were they doing? Uh, you know, that stuff was very interesting, in my opinion. And that's why... High drama. I, yes, exactly. I'm very my glad it was a series. series. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very glad it was a just series. Just chewing I could, on people's ankles. <laughs> <laughs> it was a series. I could, I just, I'm, I, I, again, 20 words. We can start plugs in just a few seconds. Uh, it was a series I could sit down and watch with my daughter and actually enjoy. Uh, so, uh, you know, kudos. I'm, I'm in for second season for sure. Yeah. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed watching the show and I think because it didn't answer any questions, um, I kept coming back to see like, okay, well, I want to know what this is and I want to know what that is. And it's like, okay, well now I got to come back for the second season because they didn't tell me shit in the first season. I got nothing here. You know, and I, I got a whole host of problems now because they finally ran away. So I do want to ask, um, did, are you in. guys, are you guys okay with the three episode and then make you week, wait weekly? Or is that something we'll start no. with you, Mark? No. Okay. Ronnie obviously says no. Ronnie, you're okay with waiting weekly. No, I want it all now. Oh, okay. All right. Mark, does, does it matter to you one way or the other? No, I don't give a shit. Um, oh, okay. I mean, you know, I, let, let's talk about harlots. Can we talk about no, harlots? No, we did that already. Like, a, a no, we back. can't talk about harlots. No. <laughs> but if we can just talk about harlots for a moment. Ronnie um, Adams' favorite show, while he listens to Goat <laughs> Penis, his favorite band. What's <laughs> <laughs> wrong with you all? Um... <laughs> So anyway, uh, I didn't know when I first watched Harlots that uh, it was going to drop weekly like that. That, but that's that that that's the difference between the Hulu specific shows and the Amazon and Netflix because I think Amazon just drops it all at once, doesn't it? I haven't yeah. seen one where they've they've parted it out at least. 
Okay. Well, you know, Hulu's Hulu's a little different. Hulu's a little bit more closer to traditional television, and even their um, their exclusive original content uh, is a weekly thing, just like the new TV shows uh, that you watch on there um, instead of watching on terrestrial television. And I'm fine with that. You know, I don't I don't necessarily want to spend eight hours watching an entire series all the time. I'm okay with you know, like my CW shows that I watch one episode at a time instead of trying to, you know, like trying, I remember just to give you an example, like trying to watch 23 episodes of Arrow, there were definitely episodes where I either passed out or I was on my phone and I, and I was listening to it, but I wasn't necessarily paying that close attention. Um, even the shorter ones that are on Netflix, like, you know, like Daredevil or whatever, there were some episodes where I absolutely just tuned out where it was just on because I needed to get through it. Um, whereas I always pretty much kept paid rapt attention to what was going on because there was that week in between where I got a, I got a break from it. And like, now I'm missing it again and I want to see what happens. So I'm, yeah. you know, I don't know if I have a preference, but I definitely don't mind waiting a week in between episodes. I like being able to talk to you guys about it. I, I do really like that. Like when the yeah. episode drops, you know, I'm like, hey, oh, man, just watch Runaways. Boy, it's a good one. And then we have, you know, we have our, our, our little spiel about it, and then we, we have to wait. And that's, that's the only positive thing that I can really think of because, man, I'm right there with you, Ronnie. I'm a binge racer. Yeah, Here I, he comes. Here a- comes binge racer. He's a TV <laughs> watching. Well, sorry. Go ahead. Well, the thing is, is that. I'm- Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> Start talking um, again so I can interrupt you. It's the, it's the fast food. <laughs> <laughs> we, I don't want to break them. Don't break them. I'm broken. I've been broken for three years now. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it, it's definitely that that fast food I want it now give it to me hurry up um put it in my hot cake we all leave (laughs) (laughs) so we don't want to wait for anything we don't want you know you almost forget what it was like to to wait for a a TV show um to come out weekly you know um what's before Netflix and that everybody started, you know, uh, making them binge-worthy. Binge wasn't even a word that we used for TV. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, it's definitely taken on a different connotation, you know, as far as the word goes. But um, it is – I guess I'm going to have to get over that <laughs> um, and and start learning to enjoy it and talk about it. I guess the last show that I watched like that was going to be that, – that I talked to people about – on a weekly basis, was Lost. You know, uh, I enjoyed watching Lost and talking to people about it. It was definitely a water cooler show where you talked about it uh, the entire week and um, in, in, in hopes of, you're not in hopes, but in preparation for watching it, you know, when it came about ne- the next week. It, so you definitely have something to look forward to. Way less of a chance of being spoiled as well. Uh, yeah. Because you have that oh, week absolutely. buffer in between. Which is kind of nice. How many how many times have we you know how many times have we said ourselves you know or posted on Facebook you know if anybody spoils this for me I'm going to kill him 
you know, or they <laughs> they completely stop looking at Facebook or anything. Yeah, I mean, media. one episode. Um, we we get we get rationed one episode. Imagine somebody who's able to binge uh, Runaways all the way through, you know, within two days, and then ends up spoiling it for you on Facebook. You're gonna you're gonna be a little upset. So I I I, I kind of dig that. That's another positive aspect of yeah. it. Yeah, I take right. that back. The the last show I got to do that with was gonna be um, was The Walking Dead. Uh, okay. So I I got to do that with The Walking Dead as well. I got you. Um. So. You know, I was trying to think of of something I did that with, and other than Lost, but it was definitely Walking Dead. And um, so, it, you know, even now, people that don't binge it, that that don't record it or whatever you do, um, you know, I still see the posts of, you know, if you ruin Walking Dead for me, I'm going to kill you. And, you know, there was one big cliffhanger this season that every, you know, I don't even have to watch the last episode. I didn't watch the last episode because I already knew what was going to happen because people. People, you know, I don't want to say ruined it for yeah. me. I could have not read it, but, um, but, you know, whatever. Um, but I enjoy talking to people about it. I enjoy talking to uh, to you guys about this. So, like I said, it's just going to be something I have to have to get over. Yep. All right, I think that's as good as place to any uh, as any to. Uh, call it a night. Um, you know, we, obviously we all enjoyed it. There were some issues. It's not a perfect series, but I thought uh, Marvel did, an, did a pretty good job of adapting the book into not just the, just the um, adapting into a TV show, but adapting it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I will say this. The one thing I would have liked, I would have liked a little bit more connection and a little bit more connective tissue I think it would have been fun instead of seeing Alex moping in his room like fucking Morrissey. Um, <laughs> I would have liked to have seen him like playing an MMO uh, and it being you know like Iron Man or something. I would have, I, you yeah. know, just something that shows that you're in that world because if you, again, if you didn't know that this was a Marvel Cinematic Universe TV show, you would have a hard time convincing me it's in that universe. The, you know, nobody from Shield shows up. I mean. With, with all and with all the stuff going on, yeah. you would have thought that that somebody from Shield would be aware that there's like you know a witch in a wardrobe and you know and all this uh, other stuff happening uh, <laughs> in out in California. You know, Nani is happening and nobody knows. It's Los Angeles, a million miles away. So, uh, yeah. fucking Nick Fury knew everything going on in every other part of the world, knew where the gods were, knew everything else, but has no idea this guy Jonah is running around Los Angeles ready to blow the shit out of it. <laughs> well, they even address that in the book. They're like, you know, they're too busy with uh, um, with New York to, to worry about this side of the country, which I think yeah, is hysterical. I, yeah, it, again, at, you, at no point in this show did it was like, and reference the book to understand why this is happening. You know, nope, you got to right, right. reference it or, or there, there's a problem. But uh, I want to thank uh, Jesse and Ronnie for coming on and talking about this. I hope you guys had fun. Um, I hope you yeah. got, got out all there was to say about the show. I mean, it's not an extra, I mean, this is no Game of Thrones. It's not an exactly extraordinarily complex show. But we're going to do it again. <laughs> Uh, next you mean there's week. no red wedding in this? No, no red wedding. What are these references? What is a Game of Thrones? <laughs> yeah, <Continue>. exactly. <laughs> uh, we're going to do this again next week. Um, we'll all come back again. Um, 
to discuss the Orville <coughs> season one, which had an, an amazing season finale. I know guys like Robert Winfrey and many others are not fans of the the bird is the word, uh, Seth MacFarlane, but you know, the I show... feel like he gets written off just because of his name, and I I, I mean that's yeah. the impression I get. I I really right. hate that. He, he's silly Seth MacFarlane who does bird is the word jokes, you know, on Family Guy, uh, and so nothing else that he does is worth a shit. But I was like, but there was some amazing episodes of the Orville. Um, they really did capture the the essence of Star Trek without taking itself too seriously, which is what I liked about it. But we'll talk about that next right. week. I okay, never mind. <laughs> save yes. it, Ronnie. Let's say no. Go ahead. Say say what you say what you got to say, and then let's get out of here. I expected Family Guy in space did not get that. Got something I actually enjoy. I don't actually. I'm not a big fan of Star Trek, but I like this. Um, mm-hmm. But you look at the man's track record with. Um, with the movies he's done, Ted, Ted Two, uh, the the Western that he did, I can't remember the name of it right offhand. It had Liam Neeson in it. Um, he doesn't have exactly the best track record with something you know serious, uh, but I will say the man is. I don't agree with him like politically or you know different things like that, but the man is super talented. His uh, Christmas record was on uh, was on you know my playlist this this past Christmas because. The man has a voice like you wouldn't believe. Um, yeah, he's so quite talented. It's good to see him being. Yeah, it's good to see him being taken somewhat seriously with this show. Uh, people going, "Holy crap!" You know, really? Yeah, really, because he's talented. He's very <laughs> intelligent, and you should pay attention to him a little bit um, because he can do other things other than make fart jokes on Family Guy. He makes them pretty well, though. He does. Oh, well, he does very well, really well on that. <laughs> All right, um, so like I said, next week is the Orville. Uh, we're going to talk about Vision's penis on the 22nd on source material. <laughs> For like two Vision. seconds, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> two hours of Vision's penis in the hot, hot gate. Um Boy, if you don't listen to source material and you only tune into TV Party, are you missing out um, on a lot of <laughs> yeah, references? True. So many inside jokes. Uh, all right, so tomorrow night on the Metal Hammer of Doom, we got the new Corrosion of Conformity. No cross, no crown, no shirts, no shoes, no service. Um, the following week, uh, the same week that we talk about Vision's penis, we'll also be talking about uh, Avatar, Avatar Country. It's and penis then, week uh, on the Rattling and Broadcasting <laughs> Network. <laughs> it's Long Duck Dong Week on, uh, on the Rattling and Broadcasting Network. Oh, my God. <laughs> And, spe- and speaking of long dongs, Jesse Starch is going to join me on the 29th to talk about Black Mirror uh, on <laughs> season four. I, I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> um, in the, into the hot, hot gates. Uh, Apparently. No! On the, on the 30th, we got the, with the last on trial for the month of January. We're going to look at The Godfather Part 3. In our final podcast uh, on the Rattling and Broadcasting Network, of the month, the month of January, a, a month where I did not have to go <laughs> to what? urgent care or the hospital. I'm very happy Hooray! about this. No urgent care Yay! this month. I, I can breathe. Knock on wood. Um, the 31st of January, we'll uh, we'll close it out with Machine Head Catharsis on the the Metal Hammer of Vision's Penis. So um, th- those are all <laughs> officially rechristened. <laughs> 
wait a second. Wait a second. I got a. I got. Uh, he's never oh, no. really experienced this before. But considering I won't let this go, uh, hang on. Oh, Mark not letting something go. Uh, oh, <laughs> That's the horsey is the horsey is dead. The horsey is dead. The horsey is dead. Hey, <laughs> do it, hey, do it. They fly over. They fly over. <laughs> he found the soundboard, ladies and gentlemen. I think there's a question on there you need to ask Ronnie. Uh, it's it's on no, there somewhere. No, there's not. There's never yes, a question there is. that you need to ask a... Ronnie ever. Ronnie, may I please ask you the following question? <laughs> Doesn't it all be nice to have a penis? <laughs> you 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 don't need a soundboard. <laughs> That's the last uh, thing you need. The people are dying to know, Ronnie. What is your answer? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, know. He's turned into Mark Rattlin. You, know. <laughs> you think I would learn? <laughs> oh goodness! I just come on How here to you? talk about comic books and TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> the hard questions are asked. So when we say hard, we mean hard questions. Uh, <laughs> no. Wouldn't you, you like to do your plugs now, Ronnie Adams? Oh, please. I don't. Oh, I don't think I want people to know what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Just to think, my change your name. Say say something. Hello. <laughs> I have a show, and it is called the Screaming Boy Podcast, and we 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 have fun. We have we do a lot of things on there. Um, we're gonna be dropping some shows soon. Uh, we're gonna have um, we're gonna have uh, a, que- a frequent collaborator, collaborator and co-host Josh Clanders on, uh, and we are actually going to be looking at the last. Um, the last part of the season of Runaways because he did bring it to us uh, last time. Uh, we're, you know, we talked about our favorite TV shows that time. Josh got Runaway, got Runaways. Um, Adam got Silicon Valley. Uh, uh, Jesse, you did um, Superstore. Superstore, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Superstore is such a good show. But uh, uh, we also have. Uh, you know, we've talked about uh, Jesse and I talked about some comic conventions, uh, River City Comic Con, uh, a couple of North Carolina Comic Cons that I've you know, or uh, a couple of cons I've been to here in North Carolina. Uh, soon we're going to have coverage of the North Carolina Comic Con Oak City, which is held in Raleigh, North Carolina, and in July we'll be having uh, coverage of the Raleigh SuperCon, uh, which is also in in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, so I'm looking forward to going to those. Um, and North Carolina Comic Con actually is uh, the big guest uh, there is going to be Kevin Eastman from Eastman and Laird uh, of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fame. Uh, they're the co-creators of the Turtles. Um, and then in Raleigh, it's uh, Dave Batista, Sean Gunn, uh, Amy Jo Johnson, and uh, William Shatner. Uh, other comic creators such as Richard Case, uh, uh, Star, uh, Starlin. What's his first name? Jim Starlin. What's wrong with me? Jim Starlin is going to be there. Uh, a lot of a lot of good names. A lot of a lot of fun is going to be had. Uh, just as I told you all in source material, I'm going to try my first time ever cosplaying as a Ghostbuster. I actually picked up 
the rest of the stuff I need to create ecto goggles at Lowe's tonight. So I'm pretty pretty pumped about those. I'll be putting some pictures of that on Instagram. Speaking of social media, you can find uh, you can find uh, Screaming Boy Podcast on Facebook. Just look up Screaming Boy Podcast. You can find us on um, Twitter at Screaming Boy PR, Instagram Screaming Boy Podcast. Uh, go on uh, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Twitter, give us a like, give us a follow, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, uh, and you can find us right here on the Red Legend Broadcasting Network, uh, which you also need to go on and subscribe to and give a like. All right. I'm done. All right. Thank you. All right, Jesse, <laughs> wrap, wrap us up here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, go give the Radlich in Broadcasting Network Facebook page a like to stay up on top of all the great podcasts that we have to offer. We are at home on blogtalkradio.com. Just search Radlich and you will find many, many podcasts there. We talk wrestling. We talk comics. We talk uh, MMA, movies, uh, TV shows. Yeah, it's, it's, we run the gamut of things, and you're guaranteed to be a podcast, whether we create our good buddies from uh, W2Mnet.com create. Check it out. Uh, you can follow me at Stiznarkey on Twitter. And, you know, just like we mentioned, we do a comic book podcast usually every Monday called Source Material. We just dropped Black Lightning. Uh, go If you're ready to check that series out, this is probably a good primer. There may be some spoilers, so just be aware. But it may be a good primer for you to understand some of the characters, uh, at least where the characters are getting their origins from the source material that's why we call it source material ladies and gentlemen because we talk about the books that generate all these great uh movies and tv shows that we have right now so uh that's it i'm ready to go to bed mark radlich all right for the disapproving dad who should have beaten his children tonight jesse starcher uh or <laughs> there's always tomorrow <laughs> For uh, Mr. Ronnie Adams, who answers <laughs> you the question, you couldn't. <laughs> who answers the question? Doesn't it all be nice to have a penis? <laughs> I, I am a very silly man. <laughs> be well, be safe, and be safe. I came from a low-income family that was that was struggling. You see how hard life can get. GC became a part of my life because I don't want my family to fall back into that. I never thought education would take me this far. I'm still young. I still have a lot to do in my life and just want to get things done the way I want with a good education under me. I'm Stacy and Grand Canyon University helped me find my purpose. <laughs>